Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Frank Isola joins us now at the Frank Isola. He's on Around the Horn on ESPN. He is on Sirius XM for radio, and he writes at The Athletic. Frank, uh, how excited are people in New York over Sam Darnold coming back and immediately beating the Cowboys? I know they're one and four, but it seems as if uh, the uh, the collapse in the Jets season has been uh, has been stopped, at least for the moment. You know, and Clay, if I think if you go back to week one, they had a 16-point lead on Buffalo. Right. And now it, now it turns out that Sam Darnold was not 100%. So you wonder how much different their season could have been if they close out that game and he's healthy. I watched that game the other day, and, you know, he looked terrific. He really did. You could just tell what he brings to that offense, just the confidence that everyone has, the way that he can kind of sling the ball around. The only thing that almost ruined that game were those six consecutive penalties late in the game, but that was a – Bad loss for the Cowboys and probably one of the better wins. And, and the Jets haven't had many of them. One of the better wins they've had in a long time. And Sam Darnold looked pretty darn good on Sunday. What do you expect tonight, Thursday night football, with the Chiefs going on the road against the Broncos? Chiefs have dropped two in a row. Broncos have won two in a row. Is this a case of uh, two teams kind of going in opposite directions, or do you expect the Chiefs to right the ship? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised with what's going on with the Chiefs. And clearly it's been the same formula that the Colts and the Texans use where you run the ball, you know, their run defense is not that great, and by running the ball, you're keeping 
um, you know, their offense off the field. And I think it was they, you know, they had the ball for about 20 minutes in both of those losses. And those are bad losses to lose like that at home. And you know how it works too. They should be a playoff team. You think that they'll probably figure things out. Mahomes, I don't think is a hundred percent. But last year they got to play the AFC Championship game at home, and you're losing these kind of games back to back at home. Now you start thinking, you know, are we going to have to go on the road the entire playoff? I have, I expect them to bounce back, but I also think for Mahomes, and I, I, somebody brought it up over the weekend. You know, not every throw has to be off balance, off one foot, sidearm, look away. You don't get extra credit in the NFL for the uh, degree of difficulty. And I think he's kind of – he's a great player. There's no question about it. Maybe he's buying into the hype like a little too much, how like, you know, he makes all these crazy throws because it seems like the only touchdown pass he threw last week was when he, he just threw it up there. And Tariq Hill went up and got it. But, you know, he, he did not have a great game. You know, despite the fact that the Texans, to me, it was more about Deshaun Watson, their offense, their running game. Would you rather right now have the side of the deal of the Rams where you're getting Jalen Ramsey uh, for the next several years, young star cornerback, or would you rather have the side of the deal of the Jacksonville Jaguars where you're getting two first-round picks uh, for the next two years from the Rams? You know what? I'm always of the belief – like a guy like Jalen Ramsey, to me, he never seems like he's going to be happy. And he always wants to be involved in some kind of drama. Jacksonville has played fairly well without him. They did win the game on the road against Denver. They've had some bad luck. So I'd rather – to get two first-round picks for a corner, and I understand he's a very good corner. I'm not taking that away from him. But just the way that he handled the whole season, I, you know – Everyone talks about player empowerment. I'm all for that. But he also was under contract for Jacksonville, and he basically quit on the team. And they put it, and I get it. They put him on the sideline and figured, you know what, we're not, he won't get hurt, and we'll eventually try to trade him. But I, I don't like the way that he handled that whole situation. He was unhappy a couple of years ago. To me, he, he's a terrific player. But I always think that players like that are going to find some other reason to be upset, to be unhappy. I'd rather have the two first-round picks for him. Well, let's go into this uh, ongoing dilemma with uh, with the NBA in China and LeBron and all other players. I don't think we've talked about it a ton with you, uh, but uh, we're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. So you've covered the NBA for a long time. Uh, you've watched the league's popularity surge during the Michael Jordan era, the '90s, uh, and then you know hit a, hit a plateau, and then you know fall off that plateau essentially when Jordan retired. Then it built itself back up around the Warriors and LeBron and all of the drama there. What is the lasting impact, if any, lasting impact in your mind to the NBA's issues with China? Well, I think it kind of goes back to what happened with the, you know, the North Carolina, the transgender bill, and you know, the idea that the NBA got involved in that. And then when it came to China, and when those issues came up, they kind of turned the other cheek. And when it came to LeBron, he did the same thing. And you know, clearly LeBron, it hurts him. Now, how much it hurts him in the long term will remain to be seen. Probably it's not going to hurt him financially because he didn't come out and say anything in opposition of China. What I found insulting was regardless of how he felt about it, and even if he didn't want to answer any questions about it, he would have been criticized if he didn't answer any questions. But to come out there and say that Daryl Morey wasn't educated and was misinformed, if you're going to put that out there, don't you have an obligation to then enlighten us? All yeah. right, so inform us then. If, if you know that he's misinformed, clearly you're informed. And, I know, and you know this too, Clay. If LeBron James had tweeted something out about some type of social issue, 
or said something publicly about a social issue. And Daryl Morey had come out and said LeBron James wasn't educated on the topic. He was misinformed. There would be hell to pay. Yeah. People would be calling for Daryl Morey's job. LeBron would turn the, one of his episodes of The Shop all into what Daryl Morey said. So I, I, that part I found insulting. We know that Daryl Morey is educated. You know, he went to Northwestern, went to MIT. Do I know for 100% if he's educated on everything going on in China and Hong Kong? I would tend to guess that he is. But if I'm going to sit there and tell you that he's misinformed, I probably have an obligation then to tell you why he's misinformed. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we haven't talked a ton about this on the show, but I am intrigued by this angle. I will defend, you guys, everybody who listens to this show knows, anybody's First Amendment rights to make any argument that they want. Having said that, I would love to have Daryl Morey on the show and ask him, dude, you are in Asia. You have a job with the most beloved team in Asia because of Yao Ming. Why did you decide that you needed to weigh in on the Hong Kong protests at that point in time or any point in time, right? I mean, because sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. Yes. Uh, you, you can do all sorts of things in your private life politically, but uh, I, I'm trying to think of, uh, of an easy analogy, right? Like, let's say you work at Disney and you are a high-profile executive at Disney. You may believe that China is making all sorts of decisions that you don't like and that are bad for the country. But you got Hong Kong Disneyland, right? Or Disney World or whatever the heck it's called. And you just opened another theme park in China. If you are a Disney executive and you decide to go on Twitter and support Hong Kong protests, you have to understand the way that's going to be received. And so... I, I, I agree with you. I think Daryl Morey's a smart guy. He's obviously uh, been an analytics guru, and he's a genius at looking at data. You don't graduate from Northwestern and MIT without being a really book-smart dude. But I would love to get him on and just be like, hey, what were you thinking? Did you really think that this was not going to be a big issue at all? Did you think that you needed to weigh in? Because that's the other thing. I don't believe that Daryl Morey weighing in is really going to change anything. I would love to know his rationale. Was he drinking? Why did he decide randomly in Japan to send out a tweet supporting Hong Kong democracy while the NBA is on an Asian goodwill tour? Don't you find those questions kind of intriguing, regardless of whether you agree with him or not? A hundred percent. And I think it's pretty clear that in the meeting that Adam Silver had with both the Nets in the Lakers, that probably came up, and he and LeBron clearly discussed it. But uh, but it's also one of those things where you discuss privately. I'm not so sure it's it's smart to say it publicly. That's when LeBron said he could have waited a week. Yeah, like so when LeBron said that, it was to me that's something that he and Adam Silver probably said to each other. You know, if he had just waited till we had left, but to say that publicly when you're the one that goes around saying you're more than an athlete, you are a social a justice warrior. To me, that was not a good look for LeBron to say that, yeah, yeah, he should have waited a week. And then this story came out. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. But there was a story that during the meeting, LeBron, I, said, I guess, said to Adam Silver, is he going to be punished yeah. for that tweet? Yeah. Which, which, is, which is shocking. That Le- so LeBron thinks that Darren Moore should be, should be punished for saying, stand, uh, you know, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, because his rationale was that because a player would have been punished for that. And Adam Silver reminded him, well, hang on a second. You guys t- uh, tweet about the president, and All you're not the in time. trouble for that. <laughs> yes. and, and hang on a second, too. LeBron once tweeted out 
you know, whether or not he thought it was offensive or not, he still tweeted out. He tweeted out rap lyrics that yeah. were anti-Semitic. And he didn't get punished for that. So for him to be the one saying, is he going to get punished because a player would? I mean, that's a little disingenuous. It's not only disingenuous, it's not smart, right? And, no. and, and one thing that I believe has happened here is when you become a, uh, a global icon, when you become a superstar, when you become fabulously wealthy, very often you are surrounded by people who are yes men. It's a cliche because it becomes true. Whether you're a high-powered CEO, whether you are a politician, whether you are a global brand athlete like LeBron, at some point you become surrounded by people who only are there to burnish your ego. They don't disagree with you. They don't uh, have any kind of major discussion with you about anything that you're saying. And to me, I think LeBron is there. I don't think he has people who are giving him good advice because if he did, there's no way that after a week to think about what he was going to say publicly, he would have come out and said what he said this week, which blew up in his face and I think will have significant impact on his brand and on the NBA's brand for years to come. Again, if 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 LeBron, I think it said like, hey, they were on a flight to to China and they, they were on that flight for 15 hours or whatever the heck it was, and they didn't have Wi-Fi on that plane. So when they landed, they suddenly realized that there was a major story surrounding <laughs> yeah. Warri. That's at least what they yeah. said. And if there had been yeah. media there waiting off the plane and you step off the plane and you get asked that question and you answer it and you haven't had any time to think about it before – I do think you get a pass in some way because, you know, if I walked out of my radio show this morning and TMZ was on uh, was on the corner outside of our building here and they said, hey, Clay Travis, what do you think about the latest Brexit plan that Boris Johnson and uh, the yeah. EU have just entered into? I'd be like, dude, I mean, literally that's breaking news, by the way, this morning in case you're wondering what's going on with Brexit. And I, they said, hey, will you dissect this in a really intelligent fashion? I probably wouldn't do a very good job of it, right? I haven't read about the new Brexit plan. I'm not an expert on it. Like, I'm a guy who sits around for three hours and talks about sports. You want to ask me about Jalen Ramsey? I'm ready to go. You want to ask me about uh, about what I think is going to happen in Broncos Chiefs? Hey, I got a lot of opinions for you there. Brexit, I'm probably not going to kill it for you. But if it were a big part of my job and I had a week to get ready and I knew I was going to get a question about Brexit, I would nail it, right? I would absolutely nail it. The thing isn't just that LeBron did an incredibly bad job handling that question. It's that he had a week to get ready for it and he still bungled it. That has to be as much of an indictment of LeBron, but also everybody who surrounds LeBron and is in camp LeBron for putting him in that position and not preparing him better. Clay, oh, there's a lot of smart people that work for the NBA, and the NBA's initial response to Daryl Morey's tweet made it sound like they were not in, uh, supporting yes. freedom of speech. And then they came up with a much uh, longer statement that Adam Silver said publicly, we are not apologizing for Daryl Morey's tweet. So the league even uh, had a misstep. So LeBron, like you said, had a week to think about it, and the comments that he made clearly – he was either monitoring social media or people in his camp, his yes-men, were, were telling him, hey, you're getting killed or you might want to do something. So then he went back to Twitter to kind of clarify himself. But, you know, it was a little tone-deaf as well because he's talking about the difficult week my team yes. and the NBA had. You know, you, you can't, don't be telling us about the difficult week you're having in China where they're removing organs from live prisoners and, you know, persecuting people. You can't like, – You were in a five-star hotel in China. Exactly. The, your life was not in any way in danger. You were living a gilded existence relative to all of the people in China just about – 
and don't tell us that you actually had a difficult week because of a tweet. Um, yes, the financial ramifications of this decision. And again, I, I think that's why it's so fascinating. If we had Daryl Morey on this show, and I don't know, he's gone underground. He hasn't said anything. Uh, and I don't imagine he's going to say anything for some time to come. But I do find his timing on this to be utterly fascinating. I would love to know what motivated him at that point in time to send that tweet. And did he think about the consequences that could come from it? Or, to be fair, is he like a lot of people who go on Twitter and say things and then later they regret it because Twitter is an emotional medium. Uh, it's why I, I always tell people, hey, if you're drinking, I wouldn't go on Twitter, right? If you're, uh, if you're uh, angry, uh, really angry and not thinking straight, I wouldn't go on Twitter. I mean, look, there are people all the time across the world who are listening to us right now who have gotten on Facebook and been like, I can't believe Grandma posted this. I can't believe Aunt <laughs> Sally posted this, right? I mean, social media is very often an emotional medium, and that means that when you respond emotionally, you often do things and say things that you wouldn't want to be out there. So I'm fascinated by why he did it, but then the NBA and LeBron's response to it was even worse, and they had time to think about it. Yeah, and I think it's clear that the NBA has told everyone to tone it down. The Nets had media availability yesterday for the first time in Brooklyn since they've been back from China. Kyrie Irving did not make himself available to the media, and the rest of the Nets issued a big no comment. So I would think Daryl Morey going underground, that's probably something his owner wanted, and I think it's probably something that the NBA wanted to try to let this thing die down. And I think that Adam Silver probably thought it was dying down once everyone returned home to the United States. And then LeBron had his pregame availability before before the uh, Warriors game, and then everything blew up again. Yeah, that's why I put out that uh, that gif, which I love, which is like the guy trying to put out the fire, and then it explodes on him. I mean, that had to be yeah. a perfect example of what LeBron thought he was doing. I got this. We're going to put it to rest, and then boom, everything uh, explodes around him. Uh, what about Steve Kerr? You, I, I imagine over the years you've gotten to cover and maybe even know Steve Kerr a little bit. The guy has got an opinion on every tweet that Donald Trump has ever sent. In addition to the fact that I thought it made LeBron James look bad, I thought this was a very bad look for Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, uh, guys who have been incredibly outspoken when there's no danger to what their political opinions might be. In other words, hardcore Trump supporters are typically not also. I'm sure there's some overlap, but if you were doing a Venn diagram, hardcore Donald Trump supporters and hardcore NBA fans is a relatively small subset of the population. So you can take shots at the president, take shots at him all the time like Popovich and Kerr do. And then for Steve Kerr to say that this was a complex issue for a smart guy like that, I thought was a really, really bad look for Steve Kerr. Yeah, and again, I think it also falls under the league telling these guys not to say anything. If you even hear what Greg Popovich, Steph Curry, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association. You know, so that's four of the most powerful people in the league. Popovich, Kerr, Chris Paul, Steph Curry. All of them kind of took a pass. And we know that Steve knows. I mean, his, his brother, his brother-in-law, um, you know, is a you know scholar in Chinese studies. Yeah, and really, it would really do you really need to know everything? They're trying to impose their laws on Hong Kong. You know, it's in a, an oppressive government. You know, they they don't uh, respect human rights and, and free speech. It's not really that difficult of an issue. And I think that's when that's when you always get yourself in trouble. Because and I like Steve. I think he's a good guy. But I think every time you say something, whether it's about gun control, criticizing the president, and the response seems to be, especially from the media, kind of celebrating you. I think after a while, you kind of get lost in your own little world and thinking, well, everything I say is great, and everyone agrees with it. And then you're you're thinking, well, maybe I better not say anything here because our league does business with China. This could affect my team, which, by the way, is the most popular team in China. Yeah, so that's the part where you, where you come out where it's about 
it's like, you know, I always said about LeBron, on the front of the shirt it says more than an athlete. On the back it's in parentheses, unless it affects me financially. Yeah. And you could tell that, you know, Steve was in a similar situation. Suddenly it became about business, and it wasn't about being outraged over some social issue. Outstanding stuff as always, Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. By the way, really quick as we go to break here, U.S. losing to Canada in soccer. It hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but I know you're plugged in in the soccer universe. What in the world's going on with the U.S. men's national team? Yeah, they they, they they look really bad. And I'll tell you what, the head coach, Greg Berhalter, who played on the national team, he's coming under a lot of fire. But to go up to Canada, a team that we beat, I mean, look at the way Canada acted after they won the game. Yeah. They acted, it's like, this is for some like It's like the U.S. beating Brazil. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that was like a major celebration up there. So our national program you know, didn't make the last World Cup. We're in a little bit of trouble right now. I would not be shocked if this... The next couple of matches, if things don't turn around pretty quickly when they do play again, the head coach could be in a lot of trouble. Indeed. Frank Isola, always outstanding. Go follow him on Twitter at the Frank Isola. Watch him on Around the Horn. Read him at The Athletic. Listen to him at SiriusXM. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Chews and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Quiet uh, night in sports last night because the uh, ALCS Game 4 got rained out in New York, moved to tonight. We've got the NFL Week 7 returning with the Denver Broncos hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about that at the Open. I like the idea of the Denver Broncos getting the win uh, in this game tonight, I feel pretty good about it. Um, the Broncos, I love their ability to run the football and keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes in that offense. The Chiefs have a bevy of injuries, which we'll get into in hour three with Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc scheduled to join us uh, to discuss all of that. And I think all of that is just going to weigh in a substantial fashion on the issues that uh, that are paramount here and uh, and create a lot of concerns for the Chiefs culminating in a Denver Bronco win. So we'll talk about that some tar- uh, start of hour three as well. Uh, meanwhile, this is big news, I think. It hasn't gotten as much attention as I would anticipate. Roger Goodell officially confirming the idea that the NFL owners have pitched a 17-game season to the players that would shorten the NFL preseason, add one week to the season at the end of the year. How that 17th game would be implemented has not yet been discussed, uh, although at least not publicly discussed. I kind of like a couple of different ideas. One of those ideas is letting teams all play a neutral site game. I don't know if this is possible, but right now you got eight home games, you got eight road games. The 16-game season makes a lot of sense. What about if the 17th game were used for international? In other words, let's say the Buffalo Bills, they could play a game in Toronto where there would be a lot of interest, I would imagine, in the Bills in Toronto. Uh, But other teams could play neutral site games potentially in venues that otherwise don't get a lot of NFL uh, action, right? So imagine that, and I'm just tossing this out there, imagine that you live in the state of Iowa 
what if the NFL brought a couple of teams to play a football game at the University of Iowa Stadium or at Iowa State? Or let's say that the Titans were scheduled to play uh, the, uh, the the Charlotte uh, Pan- the, the, they were they were scheduled to play each other, right? Why couldn't they play that game in Knoxville and allow people from Charlotte and Nashville to easily drive and meet in Knoxville and uh, and see a game there? Why couldn't you play? A, uh, even if people are not that interested in it in Memphis, why couldn't you play the Kansas City Chiefs against uh, the uh, the Tennessee Titans in Memphis, right? Like all these different geographic regions that might not otherwise get to see an NFL game. Plus, you could continue to expand what's going on with, uh, with all of the teams in terms of international games, whether it's Mexico City, uh, whether it's in Canada, like I just mentioned, whether it's in London, maybe Germany. Uh, there are a lot of different options you could go with. You could also just have uneven schedules. One year you get nine home games, the other year you get eight, and it's not necessarily that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things because home field advantage doesn't really play out in that substantial of a fashion in the NFL like it does in the NBA or certainly uh, the NHL where having home ice or having home court seems to make a big difference. It doesn't seem to matter as much in in, the, in football and uh, baseball, at least in my experience, in terms of who's playing at home versus on the road once you get to the postseason that seems to kind of go up in smoke as being a major issue so that at least is is worth contemplating and discussing real quick what about the uh, potential of an expanded postseason i like the idea of an expanded postseason. yeah because you could have the top seed with a first round bye so number two through number seven then would play on wild card weekend the divisional round then would be the number one seed versus the lowest remaining seed i would i would honestly just do away with the bye yeah. I mean, you, we don't have a – and I understand people say, oh, it's a big difference, big deal uh, if you get to get the bye. Uh, well, you're the one or the two seed in your respective conference. No other sport does that, right? In hockey, if you are by far the best team, you still have to play an eight seed. Same thing is true in the NBA. Same thing is true. I know in the wild card setting in, in Major League Baseball, you have the one-game playoff, but that's a lot different than a series. Uh, which uh, which you obviously start in the divisional round, I would do away completely with the idea of a bye. And so the advantage you would get if you are the one or the two seed would be you get to play at home against the worst teams that qualify for the playoffs. And I would expand the playoffs to 16 teams from 12. So half of the NFL would get into the playoffs as opposed to 12 right now. And I think there would be that would mirror, I think, effectively what we have in the NBA where 16 teams advance and the NHL where 16 teams advance to the postseason and and would create way more interest. So that's what I would do uh, in addition to expanding to 17 is I would expand the playoffs overall, do away with the uh, the idea of a bye for the one and the two seeds and make everybody play throughout. Yeah, and then two weeks later, the Super Bowl would be on President's Day weekend. Which I've been in favor of for a long time. Uh, So that was what Roger Goodell, one issue that Roger Goodell addressed. He also talked about something that I know you guys are talking about in L.A., but I think is increasingly becoming a part of the national conversation. What in the world's going on with the Chargers? Should they be in L.A.? Should they be elsewhere? Here's what Roger Goodell said. 
I think that's a reality of what you see in a lot of stadiums around the league. You know, secondary ticketing is a is a big issue now. Uh, we have certain teams that travel better than others. Uh, fans, uh, Pittsburgh's notorious for that, by the way. And so, you know, you see that on a regular basis in markets. And I, again, I think it's in part the technology and the fact that tickets are available on the secondary platform and more accessible than they have been in the past. I think one challenge the NFL's running into is how many cities out there could legitimately support an NFL franchise in the United States that either haven't recently had a franchise relocate or have never had a team before. In other words, you know, like people can say, oh, well, Oakland could support a team. San Diego could support a team. St. Louis could support a team. Okay. But we just had teams move out of those markets. Now, I do think St. Louis people got treated unfairly because I think the family uh, wanted to get the Rams back to L.A. Uh, and, and they thought that they were going to get a big financial benefit. So I can see the Chargers, if they were deciding to sell, the idea of going back to St. Louis making some sense. I don't think the idea of a team, a franchise really in Oakland makes sense. I think you might need a new owner, but I could see the Chargers going back to San Diego with a new owner and just staying there. But otherwise, why not go ahead and move the Chargers to London? That would be the way that I was thinking about this if I were running the NFL right now. I would say, okay, we've talked a lot about Jacksonville potentially being a team that one day may end up in London. Why not go ahead and just move the Chargers to London and stop this four-week experiment in London and go ahead and get a team over in Europe and see how this works? That would be one thing that I would contemplate doing. Now, obviously, that would be a seismic shift for the Chargers in general. There are other places where they could move, um, but uh, but that to me would be the it's kind of revolutionary, interesting move would be to get the Chargers out of L.A. and get them somewhere else. Let me get the L.A. crew's opinion here. Do you believe, Danny G., that the Chargers will ever be a truly viable option in L.A.? It's going to take a long time. This This is something where how many years, over 20 years, the NFL was missing here in Los Angeles, and the Chargers do not have a lush history here. The the Steelers and every other team that has a substantial fan base in the United States have been taking over the Chargers stadium. The Chargers can't even sell out a 25,000-seat soccer stadium. So what makes us believe that suddenly when that stadium opens in Inglewood and they are competing uh, in the venue just like the uh, just like the Rams are, that those seats are going to sell at all. I think the biggest problem that I see being a resident here and also a native of this city is that people don't have a connection to that team unless they're from San Diego. And we have transplants from all over the world here in Los Angeles. But as you see in uh, the, in the soccer stadium there, there's not that many transplants in L.A. from San Diego. One of, one of my friends, in fact, he does these bus rides from San Diego to the stadium here in Carson. And it's huge. It's hugely popular in San Diego because people want to sit on the bus and be entertained and not have to drive themselves. And they had twice the ratings in San Diego for that Sunday night game uh, versus the, the viewers here in L.A. So you still have more fans in San 
San Diego, and the fan base there had been waning in recent years when they couldn't you know, get a new stadium done there. And when they left, people were stomping on their Chargers jerseys and, and uh, cursing the Spanos family, and supposedly they were all yeah. out on the Chargers. Some of those fans have come back, and now they're driving to Carson to watch the Chargers. And, and the other problem is that, is that there's so many Angelinos here that are Raiders fans, so yeah, that's never gonna work. Like, well, it's start, it's that's the biggest. That's the, the biggest problem. The Raiders are the only pro football team that have ever won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles to this day. That that's the history here in Anaheim, Orange County. The Rams were like the Angels yeah. of football, and so you know, once in a while we would go see a Rams game. As a little kid, I saw Eric Dickerson; it was awesome. But they were it was an Anaheim thing. Yeah, All but right? to be fair, that Inglewood Stadium, which is you know relatively reachable as things go from Orange County, yeah, could allow them to have that reach into Orange County. Uh, Inglewood, you're close enough to Orange County where that drive is not awful, right? Like, I mean, you can get back from uh, to from Orange County to Inglewood in normal traffic situations without it being a disastrous, really difficult trip to make. The Rams at least have some kind of connection to the city here where I have friends where they're like, hey, my dad or my grandpa was a Rams fan. And and that's why they love those old colors coming back for the Rams, because it reminds them of their youth. Raiders, same thing. Huge history here and generations of fans. That's, and by the way, them being in Las Vegas will actually be even more oh, yeah. of a connection. It's an exactly. Yeah, it's an extension of Southern California. Yeah. Uh, it's closer than Oakland is. Uh, and a lot of fans from here drive to Oakland for the game. So now you're even closer to drive to see the Raiders. And a lot of fans here miss seeing the Raiders on TV every other Sunday. I think where the Spanos family and the NFL messed up on this, if they wanted the Chargers here, they would have needed to start fresh, rebrand the team, have a new logo, go that route, almost like an expansion team. If yeah. you had the Rams and an expansion team playing in that brand new SoFi Stadium, that could possibly work. But to get one of the uh, redheaded stepchilds of the NFL in here, a Chargers team that has, I'm sorry, never won a championship and has never taken L.A. by storm, how is that going to happen overnight? And frankly, by the way, a Chargers team with Phillip Rivers, and it feels a little bit like Phillip Rivers may be on the very last legs of his career. And you, and you mentioned Las Vegas, Clay. The Raiders already have uh, one of the SoCal uh, Bingo uh, Indian casinos already has one of their sponsors for, for next year. When they right. I mean, to that's Vegas. a trip that so many people in L.A. and in Southern California make is that immediate easy trip from Vegas to L.A. or vice versa. And I think the Raiders are going to do an incredible job drawing fans because a lot of people are going to say, hey, that's the one week of the year where we want to go on the road. We'll go out to Vegas. We'll have an awesome weekend. We'll go see a show. We'll gamble. We'll go to the football game early on Sunday. And then we'll hop a flight and turn around and fly out and be back home for work on Monday. I think that's going to work really, really well for Vegas. And I know the Golden Knights have uh, have done a lot better than maybe people anticipated they would do in Vegas. But you got 41 nights a year to fill there, and there's still a lot of people who travel in to watch their team play in Vegas. I think when all is said and done for eight home games or nine if they expand the season to 17 some years, I think there will be a lot of interest in those games. By the way, Roger Goodell was also asked about a topic that doesn't usually come up that much in the NFL, which is the Miami Dolphins deciding it appears to tank uh, to guarantee themselves the overall number one pick. They lost to the Redskins 
on Sunday. And uh, while the Bengals are also still managing to match them loss for loss right now, uh, the expectation is that the Dolphins are the worst of those two teams. What did Roger Goodell think, if anything, needed to be done? Should the NFL have a draft lottery? He was asked that question. Obviously well aware of that. It's been discussed over the years. I can remember that being discussed uh, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, I think from our standpoint, we find the draft to be successful on many fronts. One, the competitive side, but also uh, the event itself has grown dramatically. So I, it's not under active consideration. It hasn't been raised by either the committees or the clubs. I don't think the league's ever been more competitive than it is today. You know, you see that in teams going from last to first in dramatic fashion. I think that's unique to the National Football League. Uh, I think we've been 16 out of 17 years where that's happened. And so for us, the competitiveness of our game is is obviously critical. I don't think that's solved with the lottery. I think that's solved by all the other issues that we try to deal with on a regular basis through the competition committee and the league and trying to make sure our league is competitive. Uh, I think he's right there. I, I don't think the NFL needs to address this in particular uh, attempt, it appears, for the Miami Dolphins to tank for Tua. Uh, although, uh, I do think if it becomes an issue in years ahead, the, the value of the quarterback position, we've had kind of teams appear to do it. The Colts certainly got lucky in the way their season went uh, when they snagged Andrew Luck. And I think in the long term, if you get the right quarterback – one year of stinking is a small price to pay for a decade or more of excellence if you end up with the right quarterback. I'm not sure, frankly, that Tua is that guy. And maybe the reality is in the NFL, it's so difficult to predict who are going to be the guys that end up studs in the NFL that it doesn't even pay off to do it. But we'll see. If the Dolphins do, in fact, end up with the number one overall pick and Tua is as good as it appears the Dolphins believe he's going to be, then the Dolphins are going to look like geniuses because they would finally, after whatever it is, 20 years, finally have a quarterback to take over for Dan Marino and unite South Florida football fans in some football excitement for a change as opposed to uh, just perpetually cycling through mediocrity, which is what they've done at the quarterback position for effectively 20 years since Dan Marino uh, hung up the jersey uh, so long ago. I mean, I've asked this question before. How long is it going to be till you go to a South Florida sporting event and there isn't a single Dan Marino jersey there uh, when the Miami Dolphins are playing? I mean, that number 13 Dan Marino jersey has been out for a long time and the Dolphin fans are still hanging on to his excellence because they haven't had anybody else remotely approach that level of excellence since. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. The anonymous mailbag live on the radio. If you're not familiar with this, every Tuesday on Outkick the Coverage, outkick.com, my website, we do the anonymous mailbag can write in any email questions you might have for me. It's wildly popular. And we've done this some on the radio. We haven't done it in a while. We've been so busy with all the different stories that have been going on. But it's a pretty quiet night last night. Uh, no, uh, no Major League Baseball playoff game. Uh, no, obviously, NFL uh, games to speak of. So thought, why not go ahead and break it back, solve the problems of the OutKick universe. 877-996-6369. You can call in, double field your call, and I will answer your problem. But let's go ahead and cue the music, boys. You've got mail, mother anonymous mail, babe. If it was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Where are we going to first, Dub? All right, it's good to be back on the anonymous mailbag. Let's start things off in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, what's your problem? All right, Clay. So I got kind of an issue here. So my wife is from Southern California. Uh, yep. We met while I was serving in the service down there. 
and we moved back here to Cincinnati, where I'm from. Now, we've been here about four or five years now, and my wife is ready to move back uh, because she hates it here. <laughs> but <laughs> you have any kids? the problem is we have two kids together. We have twin boys that are three, but then I have a seven-year-old that is with another woman. That also lives in Cincinnati? That lives in Cincinnati, yes. Uh, and so she is saying, I'm ready to go back home to Southern California. Uh, now, there are a lot of factors associated with the move from Cincinnati to Southern California. Let's leave aside your kid for a minute from another family. Uh, but the cost of living is substantially higher, I would imagine, in Southern California than in Cincinnati, correct? Correct, yeah. And so do you have a job situation lined up? Does she have a job situation lined up? Yeah, so she actually owns a spa in San Diego still. Oh, okay, so um, she's got a job there. And, correct, and then her uh, mom's husband has told me that he would get me a job. All right, so what's the? Uh, is there any opposition other than the fact that you have a seven-year-old who is in Cincinnati? Uh, no, zero op- op- nothing from me. I actually have friends still there from when I was in the service, so um, I actually like it there, but, I mean, the biggest thing is, is my is my seven year old? What's your relationship like with your uh, with your wife uh, or your 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 I guess baby mama for lack of a better term uh, with the seven year old? Do you get along with her? Yeah, definitely. Now it's it's better now than it was. Um, yeah, I would say we get along pretty decent. And how often do you see the kid now? You have like uh, you share custody? Yeah, so it's uh, once a week and then every other weekend. Okay, Uh, thanks for the call. Once a week, every other weekend. So my suggestion in general would be the kid's seven. So it's really he's a really young kid. Uh, I know that lifestyle age because I've got an eleven-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a five-year-old. My suggestion would be if you potentially have a better lifestyle in Southern California than in Cincinnati, I don't think that's a that's a bad move at all. But I think you need to figure out how to try to spend the same amount of time with your son if you see him once a week and every other weekend do you have the financial resources to either be able to travel back to cincinnati uh once a uh once a month so that you can visit him once a month in cincinnati where your entire focus is traveling to be with your son and or talk with the the mother of that child about whether he could come stay with you and you could uh, adjust the uh, the visitation so that he comes and stays with you, let's say in the summer when he's out of school for a full month or something along those lines where you could balance it out uh, such that you still end up seeing him roughly the same amount of days. You're just seeing him every other week or once a month and then at longer periods when you do visit with him. That would be my suggestion, but that's something you need to have a conversation with uh, the mom about, and that's why I was asking about the relationship, because one of the difficult things about divorce when there are kids involved is oftentimes the two parents fight using the kid as a pawn in that fight, and so anytime one parent says, hey, can I adjust the existing schedule by which we share custody, the other parent loses their mind and isn't in any way helpful with that. So I think you need to work with the uh, with the, the you know your child's mother and find out how amenable she is to the idea of adjustments in those visitations. Does that make sense? I think that's a pretty solid way to look at that. But I don't imagine there's that many people out there who, if given the choice between living in San Diego or living in Cincinnati, would pick Cincinnati. Not trying to take a shot at Cincinnati. 
It's just San Diego is kind of an island of perfection. The cost of living is a, a lot of times a big issue, but if you think you're going to be able to have the same quality of life in San Diego in terms of where you can live and how you can live that you would have in Cincinnati, I would think most people would prefer to live in San Diego. San Diego is like utopia. I had that conversation with my wife when we went out to visit uh, San Diego, I don't know, maybe a decade ago. I hadn't been there before. Uh, maybe been 15 years now. It's been a while. And I was, you know, back in the day, you used to be able, the guy mentioned he was in the service. You, for instance, on the island of Condado, you used to, I think it's Condado, right? Or Coronado, sorry. Coronado, Coronado yeah. Yeah, Coronado. Condado is the island and uh, is a part of the area of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Coronado, you used to be able to live on Coronado if you were just a regular guy in the service, right? You, you made whatever the salary is of being a military guy. You could buy an island, you, you could buy a house on Coronado and live a tor- totally idyllic lifestyle before San Diego took off and became insanely popular. By the way, anybody disagree with me that the average American would rather live in San Diego than Cincinnati? It's funny. We were just talking about San Diego. Beautiful city. One of my favorite towns to visit. Yep. San Clemente. Yeah, or as San Clemente is great. As the surfers say, San Clemente, dude. Like the the views yeah. there. But you're still in Orange. Aren't you still in Orange County in San Clemente? Well, it's on the way. It's Yeah, it, I know. I've, I've been, San Clemente is great. One of my uh, yeah. best friends from high school got married there. Oh, um, man. Married a girl from San Clemente. Beautiful. Yeah, so when we travel from L.A. to San Diego, we always make it a point to stop in San Clemente. But yeah. Isn't that where uh, Sam Darnold's from, by the way? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then just San Diego itself, man. The bay there all the attractions and just how beautiful that city is yeah that that there's no doubt so i I know we're probably going to get blown up by people who are like oh i love cincinnati i would never okay i understand (laughs) the average person in america would rather live in san diego than cincinnati if i put up a poll san diego cincinnati where would you rather live it would be a massive contingent of people that would say san diego the weather's perfect and again the cost of living is probably the biggest challenge there all right dub who's up next all right, we got New York up next. New York, what's the problem? Yeah, Clay, one of the fellow broadcasters I listen to out here in Vermont got himself into a little hot water. He recently had his car repossessed and defaulted on his loan. I wanted to know what advice you would give him because I think they're not going to give him the car back and they won't talk to him. It's about two or three months now, and they're probably going to make him pay the balance if they uh, auction the car off. So what steps should he take to try to get himself out of this hot water? Uh, I'm not an expert on repossession um, in general, but the steps to get yourself out of hot water is pay the bill that you owe. It's not it's not that complicated. Now, sometimes you can negotiate with the lender if they have repossessed your car and get it back for a you know portion of the amount that you owe. But in general, I mean, the solution to getting your car repossessed is paying the bill that led to the car being repossessed. There's not some sort of magic wand that I can wave um, in order to do that. I know a lot of people out there, by the way, can get into debt over cars because you buy a car, let's say, finance a car, and you got like a, what, 60-month, 72-month, 0% interest or insanely low interest rate, and then you drive the car a lot, the car starts to not be worth very much, and then you try to roll it into a new car and the payments can get more substantial, and before you know it, it starts to all add up, and that just continues to build on you. So, I mean, I don't think there's any grand, you know, plan that is uh, that is in in play here, other than you have to be able to pay off the car, and if you can't, then you're not going to get it back. 
Who's up next, Dub? Oh, we got Florida up next. Florida, what you got for me? Yeah, I have a front of uh, I need to have a, a the sex talk with my 13-year-old son. Uh, I've been find, he, he spends the weekends with me. Been finding all kinds of lotion bottles everywhere around his room or not in their place. So I'm assuming that he's uh, doing something with the lotion. <laughs> I think we can kind of follow there. Yeah. So, uh, another problem was this weekend, I found uh, the... Yeah, we can stop with the specific details. (laughs) Poor 13-year-old kid. Dad calls in to talk about him treating his body like an amusement park on national radio. Uh, and uh, look, here is he's 13. First of all, I don't know what age you have to have the birds and the bees talk now, but it's different than when it was uh, with, especially if your kid, let me take a step back. If your kid has access to the internet, when I was a kid growing up, you might have access to like a Playboy magazine or, you know, yeah. you, could have the, you know, penthouse or something like that, which is more graphic, but pornography was not everywhere right i mean the idea like and and i bet most boys who are around my age know what i'm talking about like the idea of being able to get a playboy magazine was like the holy grail (laughs) if you were like a 12 year old right i mean like what like you could find one in your dad's or your uncle's or like somebody had an older brother like that was the holy i mean it was it was it was like you found the ark of the covenant it was that in cinemax yes oh yeah scrambled scrambled (laughs) people don't even know what we're talking about now but like you'd put on television and like they had the scrambled squiggly lines and every now and then like you'd see a sideways blue boob and you'd be like this is amazing right you you remember what i'm talking about like you i mean oh oh are you kidding for like a half hour at a time my older brother would do the trick with the the cable box knob where you he would get it between the two channels (laughs) between the channel right before cinemax and if he held it just right the the uh the bars would unscramble and he could see the boobs yeah right i mean well they used to have like the playboy channel on you know like uh, the scrambled station you'd be able to hear the audio but you couldn't actually see consistently but uh, people uh, it is funny to think about now uh but so you had to work relatively hard in order to have access to pornography right um now it is everywhere and so if your kid has access to the internet the chances are that he or she has been exposed to it at a younger age than maybe you or I would have when we were growing up. So I don't know. I haven't, like, I've got an 11-year-old, and I haven't had a conversation with him about that because, primarily because he's got younger brothers, and I feel like whatever you tell the oldest kid, it filters down through the youngest kids. Um, And so you try to hold off on the youngest kid talking to him for as long as you can. Uh, But I do think you probably should, uh, should broach the topic. And I don't think you need to be like really, really specific about it, but just kind of a rough outline of the process by which children arise. Don't start the conversation by saying, so I see all the lotion bottles. Yeah. So I know you've been treating your body like an amusement park lately. Um, that would not be a good way to uh, to start off the conversation. Maybe the kid's just got really dry skin, too. Maybe he has no idea what's going on. Maybe he's just, maybe he's just got maybe his ashy elbows. Maybe he's got ashy knees. You don't know. Maybe he's just trying to take care of that. But regardless, uh, good luck with that conversation. And I would imagine 
that you should presume that he's probably at least had some access to pornography different than maybe back in the day, the Scramble Playboy channel or a stolen Playboy magazine. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be 
Appreciate all of you hanging out, spending your morning with us. Quiet night in the world of sports with the ALCS Game 4 being postponed in New York due to all of the rain. Uh, Game 4 will be taking place tonight. We also have the Kansas City Chiefs going on the road against the Denver Broncos tonight. NFL Week 7 action returns with Thursday Night Football. I love the Broncos winning this one outright Uh, in what should be an intriguing test of a team that has won two in a row in Denver over the Chargers and the Titans and a team that has lost two in a row in the Chiefs back-to-back at home against uh, against the Colts and the Texans to see what is likely to happen tonight. The line sitting right around three points, the over-under 48.5. I like Denver plus the three. I like Denver to win outright, and I like the under in this game I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be 4-3 and three, and the Denver Broncos are going to be 3-4 and four when all is said and done. A couple of stats that support me in this, uh, in this contemplated bet, uh, I believe, out there is what has happened in particular with the inability of the Kansas City Chiefs to either run the ball or stop the run. A couple of stats for you. Uh, rushing yards per game. Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs rank at 24th in the NFL, averaging just 82.7 rushing yards per game. Frankly, ever since they let Kareem Hunt go, the Chiefs' offense, in terms of being a dominant rushing attack, has fallen apart. Uh, Meanwhile, they are allowing, per game, 161.8 rushing yards per game allowed, uh, which is 30th in the NFL. The Broncos love to run the football. Right now, they run the ball 44% of the time, and that's been trending up uh, with Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Uh, Lindsay has carried the ball already 84 times. Royce Freeman carried the ball 66 times. Lindsay averaging 4.7 yards per carry. Freeman, 4.3. I believe the method, the, the method by which you beat the Chiefs is pretty straightforward. We saw it executed nearly flawlessly by the Houston Texans last week. It is you pound, pound, pound uh, the Kansas City Chiefs with the running game, keep their offense off the field. Last uh, weekend uh, on Sunday, we saw the Houston Texans have the ball for nearly 40 minutes compared to 20 minutes time of possession for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the method by which I believe that the Broncos will go in and be able to beat the Chiefs for a third straight game. If that happens, as I anticipate that it will, the AFC West come Friday morning will be completely wide open. In fact, you would have a team in the Oakland Raiders that is in the mix to be able to potentially win that division as well. Uh, Meanwhile, other uh, controversies that have emerged. Uh, Wednesday, uh, yesterday, on Lock It In, Joel Klatt insulted me and said there was no way that I could complete 50-plus push-ups. We have got a poll question up right now, uh, whether or not you guys believe that I can do that. Wednesday, I'll be out in L.A. We're going to be on the lot. We will film it. $1,000 to charity is what Joel Klatt said live on the air. Uh, And 2,000 of you have weighed in so far uh, in the first five minutes that this poll has been up. You can find the poll at Clay Travis on Twitter. I'm insulted by the lack of respect for my athleticism from the OutKick universe, from the Twitter universe. 65% of you think that I will do under 50 push-ups, whereas only 35% of you have faith in yours truly to do 51 push-ups or more. 
that is where we are in the universe of sports right now. Uh, Danny G, you are among the 65% or you're among the 35? No, I said I thought you could get to 51. And yeah. just to just to put it in his face a little bit after you get to 51, then that's when you should switch to a one-arm push-up just as an exclamation mark. Yeah, one-arm push-ups are tough. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that would be nice. If I were really good at one-arm push-ups, that would be fantastic to do. Now, uh, now the charity thing is cool, but... If you win this bet, Joel should also have to then take you to a nice steak meal. It's not a bad idea. Well, really, the winning the bet that will drive Joel crazy will be that he will have to admit that he was wrong and that he underestimated my athleticism and my strength, which will pain him far more, I believe, than having to write a $1,000 check to charity. Yeah, the power of man boobs is underrated. The man boobs, see, people see the man boobs and they think that there's no power behind them. I am cursed genetically with man boobs, right? Yeah, like a lot people, of linemen in the NFL have man boobs. Super strong guys. I mean, sumo wrestlers. Really strong guys. A lot of them have man boobs. It's not just sure how many of them it can is, do sixty push-ups. It is but. a what it is a flaw <laughs> of genetics that I have man boobs. Doesn't mean that beneath the man boob is not muscle. So I wish that I didn't have man boobs, but you know we had this controversy before. Remember, people didn't believe I could bench press two hundred and twenty-five pounds, and then I went out and bench pressed two twenty-five with ease, and posted the video, and everybody had to acknowledge that. Among sports talk radio hosts, I rank pretty highly in overall strength, right? Like, who do you think is stronger yeah, not than has a, a whole... sports talk radio show right now? That's what I was going to say. It's not saying Gottlieb's a whole bunch. Gottlieb's in, in decent shape. shape, yeah. Gottlieb's in a lot better shape than me, but he's a former, you know, college basketball player. Right. Broussard used to play basketball. Yeah, Broussard's older than me. I think yeah. I could probably bench more than him. Cowherd, I can definitely bench more. Uh, I'd be stunned if Dan Patrick can bench more than me. How about Big Ben Maller? Uh, I, I don't know Ben. I've never met Ben, so I don't know. You guys know his phys- – What do you big- think, Roberto? You work on his show now. What do you think? If he can bench? Yeah. He bench 225. Could he bench Clay? Yeah, probably. Just because of his size? because yeah, of his size. Yeah, but you have to factor in weight on some yeah. level on the bench. What does he weigh? I am six foot one eighty. No idea, but Ben's like six. <laughs> he's like six eight. He's like six eight. Yeah, uh, huge guy. He's like oh. six eight, like three hundred pounds. Like, what does he weigh? Yeah, that's that's probably a good. Yeah, so if you weigh three hundred pounds, like to me, it should be a function of your body weight, right? Like, can you bench? Because the first thing that most people try to do is, can you bench press your body weight? That's a good initial challenge. So my body weight would be around one eighty. So if I put 185 on uh, the, on the you know bar, I can do one, I can rep out a lot of reps on 185, which is roughly what I weigh. But over 225, uh, again, like I don't think Dan Patrick probably weighs somewhat similar to me. Dan Patrick was a good high school basketball yeah, player. But a lot He's of those got basketball some sneaky guys, strength. A lot of those basketball guys can't bench because they have long arms and because they're all you always hear the yeah. basketball guy be like i don't want to mess up my shot bro like that's a, that's always what the basketball guys yeah. say. like oh i don't want to i don't lift man i don't want to mess up my shot <laughs> yeah he had a good shot dan has talked about how he was kind of a noodle in high school but he did have a, a nice sweet shot yeah right but i so i i'm very confident on handling patrick cowherd gottlieb i i think gottlieb could probably bench quite a bit jason smith you could probably outbench him uh, what about the ESPN? I don't even think any of the ESPN guys can get me. Stephen A, I could outbench Stephen A, I think. I, I would be stunned if Stephen A can bench 225. Yeah. 
Jonas Knox could outbench you, and then uh, Brady Quinn, David Gascon, like Brady, Brady Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, if you're a former pro athlete and you lifted weights for a living as part of your job, you shouldn't count. I'm just talking about guys who talk for a living that aren't former pro athletes. I think I might be number one. Wow, I don't even know that anybody's even close to me. It's a really weak list, then. It is a weak list, but I don't <laughs> think there's anybody at CBS, NBC, uh, ESPN. Amy Lawrence. I'm just kidding. Uh, for her um, weight. Yeah, Again, maybe. For weight yeah. class. She might be strong for her so weight So I'm, I'm working now up to Wednesday. I am going to be doing I, – I, I'm trying to figure out what the ideal number of reps to do to be in peak like, – it's like training for a boxing match or training for a marathon – what do I need to do in order to be in peak physical condition Wednesday when the cameras are turned on and I have to perform? I don't know. I mean, I don't, there's not that many people who've been in push-up contests, so there's no there's no roadmap here. Yep, you and, are riding into uncharted territory. And Joel is going to be, I think, trying to get in my head and be a stickler about what exactly counts as a full rep and what doesn't count and as a full rep. Now, can he yell at you and psych you out as you're trying to I'm do not, the push-ups? As long as he's not questioning whether it counts as a rep, I don't really care can about Can he be like, what, man boobs, man boobs? Yeah, that's as, not going to impact me. That's just going to provide fuel to the fire. All right, all I also right. think I probably would get a little bit of adrenaline knowing that there's a crowd there watching. Uh, I think I'd be more likely to perform. And the key is really getting to 40 with energy. Because once you get to 40 with some with some juice left in the tank, like you're going to be able to go. You know, the difficult ones are like 25, I would say, to 40, where you're not within 10 or 11 of where you need to be, and you're, you start to doubt in your head a little bit. Now, are you doing this with the shirt or without a shirt? What do you think? Uh, oh lord please yeah, shirts yeah <laughs> although you have man boobs so you can like but the man you, boobs don't show up when i'm in the, the middle f- when i'm in the middle of reps like my man boobs uh the my boobs man can boobs help you touch turn the into floor, muscle so. it's like uh the incredible hulk when uh when he uh, like turns into the incredible hulk like when i'm actually mid reps like the 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 man boobs turn into muscle just one large pectoral muscle it's basically like those uh basically like those uh those images you see of a torso without any skin on that's what my chest looks like when i'm in the middle of push-ups maybe a compression type tank top that way your man boobs are controlled and <laughs> the man boobs actually could work as an advantage yeah because they dangle down and they let yeah, me that's hit what the I was ground saying. faster yeah yeah exactly yeah. So it's like a girl if you got some d cups on you're hitting the ground a lot faster than exactly. a normal dude would yeah it's gonna be like the the referee with that cue card that's the right. Space between you and space the floor. Between. I mean, yeah. and, and, uh, all, all, I mean, I need some udders like a cow. Uh. Then I really have an advantage. So I don't know. This is going to be this is going to be intriguing. Uh, inc- and also, you have to keep in mind that everyone is going to be rooting against me. I don't think there's going to be a single person rooting for me on the Fox lot. I don't know why, but I think they all want to see me fail. Like Rachel Bonetta, she's definitely going to root for me to fail. Cousin Sal wants me to fail, but I think Cousin Sal is going to be in New York. Joel Clack clearly wants me to fail. I think most of the production staff will want me to fail. I don't know why everyone roots for me to lose, but they're not going to be people there cheering me on. There's a lot of haters. And I've learned in my life, when you have perfect push-up form, when you're as strong as I am on the bench press, haters are going to hate. You know, like my athleticism has been challenged my entire life and I've overcome all the haters so I can handle the noise in the background I'm like Reggie Miller at the garden back in the day you talk trash I perform better might even have to get up after I do the 51st push-up 
and do the choke sign like Reggie Miller did for Spike Lee back in the day in the garden when the Pacers rolled into town and dominated. <laughs> Might need to go to like 55-56 just to eliminate any doubt in case Joel Klatt tries to turn into like a Russian ice skating judge and challenge the results. Well, if you can't do a one-arm push-up, then if you get to 51-52, go to your knuckles. Do some <laughs> some push. Do, no. do up to 60. No, what, what I'm going to do. 10 additional on your knuckles. No, what I'm going to do instead of knuckles is the clap. <laughs> nice. You know, you like in the military, like if you get yeah. going oh, yeah. really well, like you can pop, spring up. Nice. Just like give a nice stare down, clap the hands, celebration for yourself, and then go back down. I think that's probably what I'll do at the end. Just to just to show off a little bit. If I if I you know, like slowing down like Usain Bolt did back in the day when he won the hundred meters. I think that was in London, or maybe it was Beijing. Beijing when he slowed down and turned sideways to pose at the at the line. By the way, Vito just texted, definitely wear a tank top because you don't want to chafe your niblets. <laughs> I, I imagine you know, like we got some nice, uh, nice carpet in the on uh, the Fox lot. So, uh, oh man, careful of rug burn. Yeah, got to be careful of rug burn. But I'm telling you, this is gonna, this is a challenge to figure out exactly what the training regimen is because I don't want to burn myself out, but I need to be prepared come Wednesday to step up to the line and and perform. So anyway, that's something you can look forward to. There'll be video of that. And Joel will be on tomorrow, and I'm going to trash talk him live on the radio just about how much progress I've already shown. I did. I mean, the minute I finished the show, uh, because I was like, man, 51 is kind of a lot. I haven't done you know that many push-ups in a while. The minute I finished the show yesterday afternoon, though we literally signed off, uh, I took my shirt off, my jacket off, and I cranked out 40 reps right then and there uh, that, that I believe are legitimate push-up you know, counts. So I'm feeling pretty decent about the idea of getting to 51. Would you take a challenge this morning and put your mic down on the floor and see how many you could crank out during OutKick? Yeah, I'll do that during the break right now. When we go to break. No, no, I, no. We want to do it live. Well, no, I can't. I mean. Well, we could hear you. You could count them on. off. You want me to leave the headset on right yeah, now while yeah. I do it? Oh, this is radio history. I don't know exactly how the headset's going to work. Let me see here. I got to find an area where I can where I can crank it out. <laughs> now, you what, now you're not in pajamas, right? What kind of shirt do you have on no, at the moment? No, I just got a I've got a t-shirt and shorts on right now. All right, cuz we want to protect your man boobs for next Wednesday. Yeah, all right. Here we go. I'm going to try. I'm going to what should, I don't know exactly like you might hear the mic cuz I wear a That's headset. That's okay. You might hear the mic hitting the ground. Well, that's how we'll know you're finishing. Well, the, I'm uh, not sure that you're going to hear it or not because I haven't ever done push-ups in a headset before. Is that Eye of the Tiger in the background? It sure is. All right, hold on. I need to take a couple of breaths because I'm just talking. <laughs> it's hard to go right from talking full speed right into the push-ups. So you guys – Well, like, every uh, day up. starting hour two as you run up the stairs right. and you're I mean, out of I, breath. This is, I mean, the, the, that was a, the that was a good that workout. Talk, like I don't have full lung capacity working yeah. right now. So I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths All here. Right. Inhale and exhale. All right, here I go. All right, here we go. Underway. Two. Is that three? No, this is nine. <laughs> nine? Wow. Wow, that's fast. Dang, he's cranking them out then. Wow. That's 20. <laughs> It's getting tougher. That's 30. 30? 
<laughs> Come on, you can do it. You can do it. All right, that's 40. Come on, you got it. <laughs> Think of Joel Klatt's ugly mug. <laughs> 50. Yeah. All right, that's 51. Nice. All right, I just did 51. I'm a little bit dizzy. <laughs> a little bit dizzy standing up right now. Now, Joel, I'm a little bit out of breath now, too. Joel is going to be talking trash <laughs> and trying to go after my form, which is why I think I need to be shooting for, like, 70 so that I've got plenty so that I can be like, whatever, dude. I just knocked out, that you was, know, 71. That, that was pretty fast, man. I instead of 51. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a fast operator. <laughs> when you're a supreme athlete, oh, like, did you say to Usain Bolt? Uh, boy dude that was too fast of 100 meters <laughs> oh that was too fast bro no i just knocked out 51 push-ups live on the air right there with a headset on you know i, I feel, think joel's in trouble i feel bad that we ever questioned you when you claimed you could have stopped the minnesota miracle from happen happening well i would have played better defense than the minnesota viking defensive back did i would have made that tackle that that's clear now any comments dub I mean, I'm a, I'm a little. I was pretty quick push-ups there. Well, yeah. I'm, when I'm I thought a, he was like to three or four, he's like, no, I'm on nine. All right, and that may have been some sort of uh, world record. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Here yeah. is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> that's crazy, man. There are a lot of haters out there that I can already see rolling into my mentions. Periscope. There is actually, hold on. There is actually video of me several years ago doing 71 push-ups at the Tennessee Titans practice. So I am going to... Yeah, but you were younger and your man boobs were smaller. I was younger then. And uh, I did not have as much of a dad bob, a dad bod. But I am going to add this right now. (laughs) These push-ups that are on video of me doing, uh, I'm going to put this directly uh, underneath the poll question of whether I can do these or not. I was looking at the clock here. You did like nine in like five seconds, dude. Dude... I am, <laughs> I am a supreme athlete. All right, so uh, this is uh, this is going to be good. You can go check it out. I am just now posting the video of me doing seventy-one at the Titans facility during their practice. So that is now directly underneath the poll question, uh, and I'm still out of breath here. So we're gonna. Oh, I got to do a long read too. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna test all right, your. Hold on supreme athleticism hold on a sec i'm still out of breath from all the push-ups but i gotta tell you a lot of people out there right now brushing their teeth and you know what makes a better toothbrush industrial strength power claims a miracle trendy ingredients multiple modes if you ask your dentist they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health healthier habits Quip's sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guides gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. Ugh, starting to fall apart here. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. Good habits matter to live a healthier life, so help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. 
Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash clay right now, your first refill is free. That's your first refill for free at getquip.com slash clay, getquip.com slash clay. Got done with it. Up next. Five. Up next is Dr. David Chow. This is our coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 